0: Welcome to All Things IDD hosted by The Arc of Wichita County. This podcast is a place where we will be sharing resources for those with intellectual and developmental disabilities and their families, raise awareness, as well as create a space for stories by and about those with disabilities. Today we have Krissa. she is a mom who shares with us about advocating for her child in the local school district, both in the past and currently. Grissa, welcome to All Things IDD. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I love that title. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, man, what can we call this that will encompass everything? Yeah, huge umbrella. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Made it easy for ourselves. Um, Yeah, so I wanted to have you here today just to talk about you, as a parent of a child with disabilities. So, do you mind telling me just a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure.
1: Um, so, I am a photographer. Um, I pretty much work at home for the most part. But I have a husband that is on the road all the time, and we have two girls, one who's 21 and one that's 15. Our 21-year-old is um, Sierra, and she does have IDD. She has a genetic mutation um, that, as of right now, no one in the world has. So she's pretty unique. Um, but it does cause epilepsy, and that's something that we have um, had and have gotten has gotten worse over the past 15 years Um, so she's currently at about a third grade educational level um, but she is in an 18 plus program with the district and it kind of um, encompasses like life skills and also job skills. And I want to say, um, she didn't start in sped until she was a little bit older, right? Correct. Yes, we were a mainstream classroom. And in fact, we didn't even realize that anything was going on till about kindergarten. I take that back, preschool. Um, she was having episodes of just eye flutters and eye rolls. And as a first-time mom, we just assumed she was tired. Um, and then one of the teachers kind of brought to our attention that perhaps she was having seizures One day, she had one pretty severe, and it actually made her fall over. So we contacted our doctor, and she sent us immediately to Cook's. Um, That's when we found out she was having petite mal or absence seizures. Um, Come third grade, she then developed um, complex partial seizures. So they were pretty more severe. She was lasting up to 45 minutes sometimes, Mm -hmm. and um, no one could really figure out what was going on. Fast forward a couple more years that we also develop myoclonic seizures where she's just got jerking, um, movements, but thankfully we've gotten pretty much under control. Um, that being said around third grade when the new seizures developed is when her in the 45 minute long seizures, mm-hmm. that's when the, um, developmental issues really started coming to play. She was a little delayed, um, but nothing to be alarmed about. But then third grade, she just pretty much halted and that's where, um, we are today. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sorry, you might've said this. What grade then did she start in SPED? Um, She had intervention in preschool because like I said, she was a little bit delayed with her speech and and with her um, motor skills. She then started getting um, a little bit more um, assistance in the third grade whenever she was really starting to struggle she was getting pulled out of the classroom and getting some one-on-one time um, with a resource teacher and then about seventh grade we started transitioning more into sped and then in freshman year she went into a sped classroom full-time which is probably the best decision we've made for her Mm -hmm. and what was that process
0: i guess like as she was growing you were also learning about the SPED
1: department. Sure. Um, so, what what was your understanding of SPED and the services that were provided? And sure, I think I've gotten like a really good outlook of the SPED program because we were in mainstream starting off and then we gradually got into the SPED program so I feel like I've kind of gotten to sample all of the um, programs that they have to offer for the most part um we've never had an issue with the ISD the teachers have always been so amazing and trying to like keep her up and keep her up with the mainstream kiddos um but I will say that um hmm it's been a good program. That's all I can say. It's <laughs> been the teachers and staff have been amazing, and um, they worked really hard to keep her up to the level of everybody else. I mm-hmm. will say when we got into high school, and we were um, in special education permanently and they were still trying to um star test us at the level of regular ninth tenth eleventh grade students, it was a little atrocious because clearly they're not learning the same thing as mainstream um kiddos are. So I think it's just absolutely ridiculous that we're still being tested on the same things. And that's still happening. It's still happening. And I can even tell you, um, how bad it is, is Sierra had scoliosis. She had back surgery. Every single disc in her back was fused together. Two days later, they came and tried to test her for star. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Got to meet their numbers. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm not a fan of star testing for one, but I'm definitely not a fan of star testing for our special needs students yeah, that cannot. It's, and to be honest, um, even in the, I think it was the fourth grade, she was star tested. And the teacher who was reading the test aloud had to write on the paper, unable to test her because she was having nonstop seizures. She was so stressed out. Like, please don't make us do so this. So like brain damage over and over and over again, just by having to take a state mandated test. Oh my Ridiculous. goodness. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh. we have nothing else better to spend our tax money on, like <laughs> oh <laughs> I my word. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm just
0: that's unbelievable. Um man, that must be so frustrating. It's so as, frustrating. As a parent and you can see it so clearly what your mm-hmm. child needs. And yet teachers obviously for the most part, I would assume don't love testing. No That's the only no, thing no, I've no. ever and, heard from From teachers, you know. Right.
1: And they didn't want to test her either. I mean, it was just as terrible for them as it was us. Right. I mean, there there was so much more that she could been learning that would beneficial or be beneficial to her life Mm -hmm. than taking a star test. It Mm -hmm. was just a complete waste of time and resources. Wow. Yeah.
0: And um I, I think we've talked about it in previous podcasts. If we haven't, I'm glad we're talking about it now arts um yes. actually you know what we had david david hamilton on oh, and i think so amazing. he talked about it yes um definitely. but he is an asset to our community yeah he truly is His and wife as well <laughs> yes both of them they're yes. amazing Um, but yeah, do you mind kind of recapping what an art is and, um, kind of your perspective as a parent of what that means for you and your child? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, like I said, we were mainstream. So coming into our first art, it was kind of alarming because I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what voice I had in the matter. Um, so our first one you know is just very basic they do the paperwork they the teachers kind of tell you this is where she's struggling this is um where she needs help at this is what we can offer um and it's really hard for a parent i I know for the admin it's probably not fun to to sit here and say your child is struggling here here and here but as a mom it's very very difficult to hear um the six or the the milestones that she's not reaching Mm -hmm. when you know at home she is doing things that may not be relevant to education, but her success is big. I mean, tying her shoe was huge mm-hmm. for us. We never thought that that would happen. And, um, here she's tying her shoe, but yet all they're caring about is, you know, is she doing the math at the level of a typical fourth grader? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, one thing that was exceptionally hard in one art meeting that I remember, um, was the fact that we went ahead and said, yes, yeah, she needed help with her star test. Like she was getting her, um, test read aloud to her but a stipulation of that was she was not allowed to go um, and don't quote me I can't remember exactly the words but she was not allowed to go to a state college um, because at her first year because Mm -hmm. she had to have assistance on her star test she could do like a junior college but she couldn't go to a state college now I hope to goodness that's changed yeah uh, and I and don't quote me I don't know the particular words because by this time I'm hearing you know the Charlie Brown teacher because I'm yeah. so upset yeah. um, but it did have something along those lines and just hearing that my fourth grader could not attend a state college mm. it, that was heartbreaking because yeah. you know I'm, our, I'm just trying to accept the fact of where we're at right now and mm-hmm. how do we get her services that we need to hear that her future is already crumbling because of this decision that I'm having to make right now. Yeah. That was rough. Oh. But as far as arts go, um, for the most part, they, Are very helpful, but one thing that I didn't know and I want other parents to know is that you can advocate for your child. You can voice concerns. You can have other members of your community in those ARD services or or ARD meetings with you. So you can have people like the ARC there that can help kind of advocate for your child. You can have a voice if you say, no, I don't feel like that's enough um, speech therapy. We need to push for more. You do have that right to have that voice. You don't have to just take what the district is telling you. Mm -hmm.
0: because as much as they I mean their job is to care for your child but they're also looking at a whole district of kids and so and resources are small sure and so I mean they're they're I I believe doing the best that they are given but um yeah the importance of a parent saying no 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 I know my child yes and this is what she needs yes absolutely and um do you feel like it whenever you have um kind of come back maybe against something that they were saying or pushing for something
1: more how do you feel like it's been received um I would never I would say it's never really been um too big of issue the only problem that I ever had was um with our career education center in Wichita Falls <laughs> the I I was pro let's build the Career Education Center I was really pumped because it teaches our um, youth about skills and trades instead of just your one path train of going to college they're showing Mm -hmm. that we have other options and I knew going into it from our fourth grade art, that my kid wasn't going to be allowed in college. Right. Um, that skills was obviously going to be the way that she goes. She's a very hospitable person. And I thought the hospitality or the restaurant service or she loves flowers. So maybe like the, the floral arrangement class or dog grooming is right up her alley. So when she did get to that age where she got to choose um, those skills and go to class that she wanted to, we were informed in an art meeting. I'm sorry, that's not an option for her right now so our and I I of course asked questions and pushed why was that not an option for her and um, they just said it's just not an option at this time so after pushing even further um, they were pretty much nervous about our special education kiddos um, being around heavy equipment sharp knives etc and I totally understand but we can also make accommodations and it's very imperative that our kids get skills training because that is more than likely where their careers are going to go is in the skills or trade industry. So it was very appalling that I was told that was not an option. And then of course I had to, I had to uh, get ugly. (laughs)
0: Well, you had to, be, <laughs> I had to be Mama Bear. Yes. And I, did. And I did. You know what Sierra is capable of. Sure. And maybe not what she's capable of at this moment, but you can see her potential. Absolutely. And so I love that yeah, you weren't accepting no. of what they were presenting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that was a really difficult um experience, I guess, from my end, yes being with the ARC and um, doing what I could to support you in that, um, it just it it was difficult because it it wasn't presented from the beginning, like Correct. you're saying, of like Correct. If if her path wasn't college, then then these job skills would be Mm -hmm. the perfect solution to Mm -hmm. that. And that wasn't an option either. So it was like, well,
1: what do you expect then of her? Right. Um, And that goes into the same struggle that we're having to this very day is um, they closed down two schools to combine them into the CEC center. But yet they forgot about our children. mm -hmm. And we are still at one of those schools that was supposed to get closed down. The severely profound handicapped kids are in a shooting range at an old school that has a center block building with no windows. It's terrible. So I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. We um, we were definitely a second after or an afterthought of this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like the mood had been made, and then it was, oh, crap, what do we do with these kids? That's mm-hmm. what it felt like as mm-hmm. a mom that we weren't thought of to begin with. And if I would have known from the very beginning that our children were not involved in that dis- or in that decision – then I would have caused alarm w- way prior. But I put trust in our district, and when they said all classes from, you know, these two schools are going to go to the CEC, mm-hmm. I just took that for face value and thought that meant our kids too. Sure,
0: which is no fault of yours. Like, right. That's, <laughs> hey, this is what we're doing. Yes. Therefore, it includes my child. So, right. man, yeah, disappointing. Um, but I will say it was really cool as hard as it was, it was really cool to be a part of that process of like connecting you and another mom and sitting Mm -hmm. down with the school district and really like being straightforward and saying, this Mm -hmm. is not only hurtful but detrimental to the SPED students in WFISD. And um, we, yeah, I feel like we made some steps. And so that was good and we had some students go over
1: there i don't think everybody did no from what i understand sierra was the only student she was allowed to go to one class once a week she was the only student yes okay from what i understand Mm -hmm. and then um after she graduated another student was able Mm -hmm. to go to one class i need to follow up and see how that went yeah
0: we'll have to do maybe a part two yeah whenever you (laughs) get back with us on that Yeah, so um, I guess to maybe like bring our listeners into what is happening current day, mm-hmm. WFISD, do you mind sharing what all, um, yeah, has been going on?
1: Yeah, um, so WFISD is in um, a pretty big conundrum right now. We are about $9 million in debt. So we have $9 million that has just disappeared from our district. Some say it's COVID money that was lost, but there's still not a whole bunch of transparency on where we've lost that money um the district then had to do a reduction in force and um it kind of took everybody by surprise they did it on a special session meeting which was a monday at noon and they announced a large cut um into in our employment and out of the 25 positions that they cut 12 for special education administration positions. Out of 25, 12 were SPED. Correct.
0: Do you happen to know the percentage of, out of all the employees, how many are
1: SPED in WFISD? Oh, I don't know. But I do know that our admin office had 17 SPED administrators and support staff. Mm-hmm. So out of 17 positions, we lost 12. So then we were down to five. And um, out of that five, they all decided to resign. And I absolutely, absolutely do not blame them. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine being told I now have to do the job of 12 people. I, when you're already understaffed as it is. right? So they have um, seek other employment. And we are currently down to zero. We have zero people in our special education administration and support staff. And which has then resulted into in- classroom teachers now resigning. So now we are looking at not only in the admin field or support staff, we're now looking at in class detrimental things happening in class as well. So it's very upsetting. <laughs> yes. And again, just like that disappointment
0: of, wait, but what about, about our kids? What about them? Yeah. Like why, why sped? Why? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, it's heartbreaking. And I just, I can't understand how as those cuts are being made and I'm not in the room and I'm not having to bear the weight and responsibility of all of this, but man, that just... Yeah, in an already understaffed, mm-hmm. what I think parents would probably say is an understaffed um, department, yeah, to cut that much of it. And, right. yeah, is just hard to understand. Right. And I think that's what parents are trying to get to the bottom of, um, of why. Just mm-hmm. explain why. Where is this money and why SPED? Why? And um, also, isn't SPED
1: funded through grants? Yes. Yes. So um, the IDEA grant, which is Individuals with Disability Education Act. Act, thank you. Maybe. (laughs) I think that's correct. Um, Gives um, ISDs funding so we don't have this issue so we aren't losing our special education departments and um, that we're able to fund them correctly so our kids are getting the support that they need so I think that's where a lot of us parents are confused and where some transparency would be nice because we do know we are getting all this kind of funding and grants through these programs that should be used for our department Mm -hmm. so I'm not quite understanding where they're thinking reduction in staff in our department is helpful if they're not actually getting paid out of the pot of the grand scheme yeah, of the ic not we're getting
0: the deficit right we're is. getting
1: paid out of a completely different pot and if they have an idea of like well maybe they're going to put different kinds of special education salaries coming from this um grant they also have to remember that certain positions can't file for medicaid the kids that ha- are uh, eligible to be filed for medicaid certain positions can file for that and then that medicaid money goes into the grand pot of the whole isd so Mm -hmm. they essentially are shooting themselves in the foot if they're putting certain individuals into this getting paid by this idea grant they're not helping themselves at all if anything it's actually taking money away from the isd Mm -hmm. so i feel like um I mean, obviously, I'm not in the room. I don't have the budget. I don't have the spreadsheets. Sure. And I feel like that's probably where we're at right now. I feel like after our pleas and beggings to the board, they have opened up and they realized what kind of um, situation, a dire situation that we're in. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like they're probably um, looking into the budget and trying to f- see how to make this work. At least I hope so. Yeah, we should find out I mean, Monday. And <laughs> we, This
0: is Today is June 9th, and so we have... A couple of months, yes, (laughs) to figure it out. Um, But I mean, sped um, services—the sped department—is crucial to so many kids in our in our area. Sure, something has to be done. There has to be a solution. We have
1: twenty-one hundred special education students in our district. So, zero people leading it at this moment. Exactly, and I think the staff um, is probably. Equally as upset as we are, because um, these admin and support staff, you know, give our teachers the training that they need to be able to have communications with our kiddos, or if we have a kid that maybe can't communicate. These the support staff comes in and comes up with ways to help with that communication um, or tells about new laws that we need to know about. So I think they are equally as frantic and scared as we are mm-hmm. because they obviously want to provide the best for those children um, yeah. and they don't have the support to do that right now. Which is like you said, there's been
0: teachers that are like, I, I can't do this. I was already having a hard time. I saw um, one teacher posting on a Facebook group that we're in of like, yeah, I, I tried and I already felt that I didn't have the proper support I needed. So it's right. just, it's, it would be impossible for me to do my job well. Right. Um, which is just heartbreaking because yeah, we have really good teachers and Mm -hmm. we don't need another reason for teachers to walk away from
1: the profession. So I know of, I mean, just a handful of the ones that I personally know and what they brought to our district, Mm -hmm. them being gone is going to be detrimental to our, Mm -hmm. our admin. I mean, that's just all there is to it. Mm -hmm. We've, they came in with doctorate degrees and, um, so much experience. I mean, one of them got my kiddo a job Mm -hmm. and, those individuals are no longer here it's it's gonna hurt the system overall and maybe if you have younger kids right now you may not feel it as much but as this district grows and this problem continues it's going to get bad which I'm glad you brought that up because what would you
0: encourage other parents so Sierra's 21 Mm -hmm. right she's at the very end we're almost out of it yeah which thank you for still being a voice for these kids because you could just check out like you know what (laughs) we have another year and then we're done but you're you're still here and you're still fighting for her and all of the other kids like it gives me
1: chills thank you (laughs) yes thank you yes um (laughs) Bah. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> My best friend did this the other day. She um, compared me to Esther mm. and it really, oh, it's giving me, it really brought me down. Well, I, it didn't bring me down, but I mean, <laughs> it really made me emotional. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's
0: important what you're doing. If if you haven't heard it enough, it's important. Thank and, you. Yeah. Because um, it is hard. Yeah. It's not fun getting up there and no. advocating. It's not. Yeah. Because you've spoken at two mm-hmm. current, like three. Uh, so <laughs> Uh, in this year oh, you've yes. spoken at two <laughs> regarding this issue yes. and you've also got up and spoke in front of the school board for regarding the CEC yes. services. Um, so yeah, you've done this three times, <laughs> countless Facebook posts, yes. uh, spreading the word. <laughs> you talk about it and you get people on board with where you're at. And mm-hmm. I think you're really good at that. Thank you. Yes. Um, so what, how would you encourage you know, okay, magic wand. Woo. Yes. <laughs> Everything is fixed right now. What would you still then encourage parents of young kids in the SPED department? Um, whether things are going really well or things are in shambles like they are mm-hmm. right now, how, how would you sit down with them and encourage them to advocate for their children?
1: They have to pay attention. Um, all of this stuff that's happened to this point is us trusting the system and not paying attention. I've spoken with other um, special needs parents in different districts, and they say we have a special needs parent or advocate at every single board meeting, every single one. Wow, and that's wow. a huge commitment, but you know, it takes a village. doesn't mm-hmm. mean you have to be at every single one, but maybe someone in your group mm-hmm. um, or some, another parent that's in the same situation. It needs to happen. Mm-hmm. We, we have to be more vocal. We have to be more loud. We have to tell these people that our kids do matter we're not going to sit on the back burner anymore because Mm -hmm. it's not fair so i think as long as we're keeping our presence there i think as long as we're talking to the community about um our kiddos constantly i think that's going to help one thing that i've learned is our community supports our kids substantially Mm -hmm. i mean you mess with one of our special needs kids you're gonna feel the wrath of wichita falls come (laughs) down on you which i think is fantastic um so you've got the community on your side you just Mm -hmm. need to make sure that that the community just stays up to date but the teachers have i mean i'm sorry the parents have got to continue to go to these board meetings. They have to be aware of what's going on with our district or it's just going to plummet even worse. Mm-hmm. And I know, was it you that just started that most recent advocacy group? Um, yes, me and another mother mm-hmm. um, just kind of started that up because of the situation. Yeah. Um, but we have a lot of people in there that I think are really going to be more vocal with the, and more aware of everything that's going yeah. on.
0: Which I love, yeah, that, you're pulling information from other districts okay what are y'all doing Uh to hold the school district accountable and I love like pieces like that of okay we're going to be at every board meeting and I think having a Facebook group like y'all have created um and getting more people on board is a great Mm -hmm. first step um is that a link that we can include
1: for people to join is it a private group it is a private group um I can see about you know well, obviously, you can um, try to join, and uh, I don't admit it that the other lady does, but okay. I'm sure as long as you put in there, you know, why there's reasoning b- behind it. Um, mm-hmm. We're not wanting just a whole bunch of random people in it because we do want to keep it about business and getting solutions and not fluff. Um, right. But I think yeah. as long as you have, you know, a valid interest in the ISD, maybe have mm-hmm. a student in the ISD, I don't think it'd be any issue with you joining in. In fact, mm-hmm. we probably love it. Yeah. Because we need more advocates in here. And
0: is it something that y'all have talked about, like having in-person meetings, like really making this more official? I think Um, we should.
1: I really do. Um, Right now we are so focused on um, on Monday. Yeah. (laughs) Monday is pretty important. But I think after that, I think it's a really great idea that we need to start meeting even just once a month, maybe even at a local coffee shop. Oh,
0: yeah. (laughs) I mean, I was
1: going to say the ARC, but coffee shop, yeah, let's do that too. Yeah, I think it's something we definitely need to start doing once a month, mm-hmm.
0: at least. Yeah. And I could see that acting almost as um, not just an advocacy group, but a support group for other parents. Which so needed. Yeah, is needed. We and definitely do. Yeah, I, I know uh, the ARC hosted one in the past, but pandemic happened sure. and it changes everything. And so this might be a good revitalization yeah. of that. You mentioned on Monday, there's another meeting. Yes. So school board meeting yeah prime last monday was <laughs> the special meeting for special education yes. now this is a regularly scheduled No, nope, this one. is a special Another meeting special as well
1: one. um they have set the agenda out it's on wfisd.net you can look that up for the agenda you are welcome to speak at this special meeting as long as it pertains to the agenda versus regular corporate meeting school board meetings you can speak on whatever subject but on this monday it has to pertain to to these certain subjects, we are supposed to be getting a conclusion to our situation on Monday. So, um, I do plan- conclusion being, uh, we're it, hiring it this, needs this, to and be. this person. It needs and- to be. <laughs> okay. I mean, to be honest, like we have contacted the office of civil rights. We've contacted TEA. We know what steps we have to take next if it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So I honestly don't see how the outcome of, not accepting these people or hiring on these people wouldn't be the answer. I I don't Mm -hmm. understand. Like, I mean, we have obviously done our part. We also have a meeting with our um, representative coming up soon as well. So everybody that needs to be contacted, has been contacted, and we're ready to move on to the next step if mm. the board is not willing to fix certain things. <laughs> Look at y'all go. We are ready. We Just are ready. Hold me back. Hold yep. me back. <laughs> Let's bring it on. We don't, we don't back down easy. I will say yeah. that we're pretty feisty. <laughs>
0: I love it. Yeah. It's you got what's gotta, needed. Yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thanks I really appreciate you me. sharing yes. all of this with us. And I think, uh, this will serve as an encouragement and a motivator for parents that maybe haven't spoken up um, whether their child is even in high school and they're like oh okay I I really I've been feeling this at my art my child's art but I I need to say it now and I really want to push for that so thank you for being that encouragement for parents and um yeah we're gonna stay up to date on everything WFISD is going
1: on and I do want to give a shout out to my kiddos teachers. They have been mm. phenomenal and it really really stinks that they're in this position because yeah. they have I mean, they've changed my daughter's life. So mm. props to you guys. <laughs> yeah. The real heroes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, You're welcome.
0: I'm so thankful that you could listen today to learn about Chris's journey in advocating for her daughter Sierra. As has said, there are ways for parents to get involved and start advocating for their children at the district level. And she encourages parents to advocate for their children within arts. In case you need to hear it, your child is so lucky to have you on their team. Use your voice, it is impactful. If you aren't a parent, your voice matters too. Our community needs to see and hear from all of those who stand with the children and adults with disabilities in our area. As always friend, be good to yourself.